0: Greetings cyberspace and welcome to episode 197 of the double Identity density podcast with your host Brian Angelo. Double density is your home to tech tales and paranormal primers. Now first things first Angelo, how are you my friend in this beautiful fall weather? You know, we're recording on the first of October. I don't know if you've had a chance to walk around, kick some leaves around, perhaps build a pile of leaves, put some sticks in it to force your children to jump into it and teach them the harshness of life or not.
1: Not enough leaves yet. There'll be leaves soon, but not enough yet. Um, have you ever done that? Jumped into a pile of leaves?
0: Oh, when I was a kid? For sure.
1: Yeah, my I, I've done that. My kids have done that. Uh, they had a um, huge tree at uh, their grandmother's place, but unfortunately that tree had to be taken away because the city had work to do.
0: I like how you said taken away, not cut down. Like the, It sounds like the tree was loaded into a police car and just driven off into the sunset.
1: Handcuffed its branches <laughs> with twist eyes.
0: Yes. Just a huge amount of tears going down your kid's eyes. It was really it's sad.
1: Like, it turned into a weeping willow. <laughs>
0: All right, I accept that. That is a good one, Angela. Congrats on your first dad joke of the episode. Um, I'm hoping it's the only one, but I am fearful that it, it, is, it is not going to be. So, uh, Would it, you, Do
1: you fear dad jokes about a certain series of video games the most?
0: I have no idea what you're talking about, so I'm just going to let you... Dad uh, jokes
1: about uh, keep Dark going. Souls.
0: That's, I was going <laughs> to let you uh, create enough, uh, give you enough rope to hang yourself, and you just did. So you just mentioned Dark Souls. That is uh, $5 into the podcasting jar.
1: Oh, well, I guess I'll pay for this, uh, this month's <laughs> oh, hosting. Hey, fees.
0: speaking of video games, though, I have been playing a really interesting game, which is a marriage of Metroid and uh, like a roguelike Metroid. Huh. And what's that game? It's called a robot named Fight. And basically, every time that you start a new game, it regenerates the map based on there are certain like common um, rooms and stuff, but it's all kind of
1: like reorganized all the time. Okay, so it's, it's a roguelike, but you get to keep things. Oh, nothing. Okay. No,
0: nothing. Yeah, yeah, no. That's the thing. It's like, and every. So it is a roguelike. Yeah. So every, and then every game has like slightly different items that you can pick up. Like for example, sometimes you get a double jump. Sometimes you don't. Oh. So it's, it's really interesting. It was on sale for a dollar on, uh, on the Nintendo eShop. Um, so if anyone is interested, I don't think it's on sale anymore, but Angelo, if you, if I, if I see it on sale again, I'm going to alert you and I would like
1: you to spend that dollar you're like the guy from robocop you'd buy that for a (laughs) dollar
0: and uh funnily enough the robot the titular robot in you know a robot name fight does kind of look like robocop a bit so synchronicity right there.
1: it's voiced by peter weller
0: (laughs) that would just be like too too much um all at once so let's do a quick follow-up to last episode we talked about the rapture really really fun to talk about and (laughs) i had not uh, for everyone brian (laughs) Well, no. So CNN recently uh, posted an article called for some Christians, rapture anxiety can take a lifetime to heal. And I showed this article to my wife who grew up in the church and she felt it really hard as a child of the nineties. who grew up with all the left behinds and all the, the, the sort of like um, uh, discourse around the rapture. Um, And it, instilled a great fear in her which also instilled a great fear in me growing up not necessarily because of religion just because i was a very anxious child which i'm now in therapy to sort of unpack so the good news there is i'm i'm, I'm pulling apart like three decades worth of, of stupid stuff in me
1: you're now an anxious
0: adult yes fully anxious yeah um but i will i will survive so anyways uh we're gonna include that link in the show it's a super interesting read it gives a, a couple of examples of people who have rapture anxiety and, you know, I'd imagine more people than than we suspect
1: actually still have it. I mean, if you were a mean brother or sister and had a younger sibling, I would put clothes everywhere. Have you done this? Have you actually done this, Angela? No, because, I mean, my family didn't grow up believing in the in the rapture. If they did, maybe I'll talk to my kids about it.
0: Yeah, really? And then open one the, day... Open, like, open the I'll door up, just, yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah, and yeah, just leave some clothes on, on my bed and where my wife and I would be normally napping in the afternoon. <laughs>
0: so are you just you're just setting up a crime scene here you're just staging a crime
1: scene well i mean it's not a crime scene if you were it would be a
0: crime scene let's go with that let's uh yeah i'd be curious to know if anyone has tortured their siblings growing up i was pretty nice to mine actually so i uh yeah and we never we never really tortured each other we got along quite well actually we very very rarely fought Angela, here's a question for you
1: sure is there such a thing as too much internet well, there is, because there currently is too much internet.
0: <laughs> uh, I linked you to an article, um, actually uh, from Ed Zetron's um, uh, Medium profile, entitled, There's Simply Too Much Internet. It kind of covers the the Try Guys um, drama of the last week. I'm not going to touch on it too much, but like, you know, uh, adultery, et cetera, et cetera. And I will be honest with you, I'd never heard of the Try Guys.
1: Well, I, I, I related to the article because I have no idea who these people are.
0: I only realized that something was going on when I hopped on Twitter and I saw it trending and then fell down the rabbit hole of these tweets dunking on on the person who had cheated. Um, so I kind of had to educate myself really quickly. But, like, once again, like... I feel like fandom is more present than ever and there are easier ways than ever to hook onto niches. And uh, Ed Zitron makes a really, really good point. Like back in the day, it used to be like IRC channels, like micro dramas used to happen mm-hmm. and they were contained and now they break out of containment onto the larger internet. Thanks to social media and thanks to places like the r slash, like uh, hobby drama um, subreddit, for example.
1: Well, everything feels like a niche now because there's just so many things to watch and find and read. Growing up, there were really like what, five channels to watch on TV and the famous people were all on television. There were movies and that's pretty much where you knew about people. You would watch entertainment tonight at seven o'clock in the evening and find out what's going on in the entertainment industry. And that's it. That's all there was. But now with YouTube, just YouTube itself, there's people I follow that have millions of followers on YouTube or subscribers, I guess, would be YouTube. And I will talk to a friend of mine who I've known for years. They'll have no idea who I'm talking about. And for me, it's somebody whose videos I watch all the time.
0: Yeah, and that's that's quite common. You and I are so I, I think our interests kind of like intersect to a certain point, so we do share some YouTube uh, subscriptions, probably. I'd imagine to, to certain but channels, mostly but
1: like, because we've we've one of us has talked about it yes, and, or mentioned yes. it to. Like, do you f- think you'd know who Rick Beato was if I'd never mentioned him?
0: Yes, and I'll tell you why because you are not the only person to have mentioned him. My father in law loves the man. Really? Yes, and so every couple of weeks he will text me a Rick Beato video and say, "Hey, what do you think of this?" Yeah. Coming back to the article, though, something super interesting is the juxtaposition of the idea here. And we've talked about this a little bit, and let's get a little communications, you know, um, theory-ish. But the idea of a monoculture is more present than ever because a lot of um, different uh, forms of entertainment are being created by less and less larger corporations, right? So there are sort of like, there's the the sort of Disney uh, nameless blob that kind of steam rolls a lot of stuff and then there's also the organically i call it organically created content right which is like very small content um, creators and not so small content creators who are, stay away from those fears of classic celebrity um that like 15 20 years ago once again would have been contained within their own realms but now um get bled out and also because of the facility of sharing information more than ever they kind of exist everywhere all of the time. And it's like, you know, it's like the classic Skinner meme, right? Is it the kids that are out of touch? Like, you know, it's not him, it's the kids, right? And I just, I feel like more and more, I feel like it's the kids that are out of touch, not me.
1: Well, what happens is that it's something that would have normally been underground and nobody would have known about it. But now more people find out about it, the same people that would have loved it originally when it was a smaller thing, but it's just amplified The problem is it doesn't get out of those what would have probably been like a few thousand people now is a few million people, but people outside that sphere have no idea what it is. Like, there's, like, I know you'll hate me talking about this, but like in, in magic and stuff like that, right, there's really famous magicians who are who you could see somewhere and you'd have no idea who he was, but in that circle, they're extraordinarily famous.
0: So what you're saying is that they're jamokes. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's it's slang for like a nobody.
1: Yeah, there. Okay, yes, a jabroni.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, It's kind of funny. You you know that meme of like the the classic like violinist like playing uh you know like Carnegie Hall and then like playing in the subway the day after and like no one cares.
1: Well that's actually happened, but yes.
0: That's what I'm saying is like the that that exists right as as a commonly shared image and I think um that's a great way of looking at things because we exist in a monoculture yet completely not at the same time, right? I think a monoculture in terms of um the entertainment that is created hegemonically right. So top down and I'm 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 using my very
1: big words tonight.
0: Exactly. I'm using I'm using like Angela's watching me sort of uh, articulate my thoughts with my hands. I'm not Italian, Angelo, but I feel like I'm doing my best impression of of You could pass for Italian. I could. I could, absolutely. Especially uh, today I got my haircut, got my beard trim, you know, I'm getting ready for a friend's wedding next week. You know, so I'm just I'm setting myself up to be a good bro. But you yeah, the idea of an envelope
1: for them, like a good Italian.
0: Do not worry about that. Uh, but yeah, but the idea of like this top-down entertainment being created, all these franchises being created that are, were classically handled by a number of entities now are handled by few and fewer. And then at the same time, underground up, um, there are way more niches, uh, interests, cultures, uh, ways to connect with things um, than there have been in the past, right? Because there used to be the idea of, of physicality, right? You kind of had to share space to enjoy something, right? So for example, like a book club, or um, if you wanted to talk about comic books, or if you wanted to, you know, uh watch sports together. You had to be physically present uh in someone's home, or you know, or a resto bar or like something like that, right? Where there is a shared kind of space. And this ties into something you and I uh talked about earlier this week. I shared a TikTok slash tweet like it's a tweet based on TikTok yeah. about the idea of the loss of the third place, right? So there's uh home, there's work, then there's the third place, the communal spot where you kind of get to build organically those different kinds of friendships and cultivate them, whether it's a bowling alley or whether it's you know what? Like I said before, it, like it could be a sports bar, it could be any sort of thing. It now happens online, so it's like this weird simulacra of the third place without any of the physical benefits of sharing a space with a person. So in some ways, it's great to connect, but in other places, it is uh, definitely not uh, of equal value to someone.
1: As we know in the past couple of years, those those third places have become like one place, and it's your house.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and also like you know, for example, like the the idea of the failing mall, right? That is a, pretty fact. Pretty
1: all, a yeah, fact. All yeah, it's all malls now, <laughs> pretty much. It's sad. I thought I thought you were going to say
0: it like Donald Trump, and I got really excited, but
1: you did not. I can't do a Trump impression. Really. Sad. And I don't. No, I can't. Yeah.
0: I can't no. either. So I'm not going to try. But yeah, so for example, like where teens are supposed to go, right? Like the park. Like you know,
1: yeah. Mm, then they do bad things at the park. <laughs>
0: there's just a lot there's a lot to unpack here with the idea they just hang
1: out on, on teams teens on teams teens on teams? Angela, teens. Angela that that on sounds
0: teams. oh teens on teams I see okay so yeah, it's not
1: Microsoft teams this it's better not, <laughs> if I say it that way
0: teens on Microsoft teams so you're just describing like an AOL chat room from like the early 2000s or yeah. like the late 90s yeah, uh, yeah anyways sure. a lot to unpack there very interesting kind of stuff I would highly recommend going to read Ed Zitron's article about that
1: and yeah, and this sort of relates to what we wanted to do our, our main topic, which will which we'll go from tech to paranormal, really, because it, it, it kind of encompasses all of it and how it affects both. That's the idea of how easily misinformation is spreading now. And it's because people are finding their little niches of misinformation <laughs> and just sticking with them and not going outside of it to find out, oh, is this thing I'm hearing the actual truth? Or do I even want to know if it is? Because mm-hmm. I think it is, and anything else would make me sad that it's not.
0: So first things first, it's something that you put in the show notes that I thought really is interesting, right? So there's misinformation and disinformation, right? So how would you define the two? Because I have my ideas, but I want to hear yours first.
1: Well, misinform- Well, okay, the way I look at it is disinformation is something that's targeted and professionally done in a way where what what's we've seen since the mid-20-teens, 20, 20 what, what, is that the right term? The twenty uh, yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Since like 2015, with oh, I'd say the American election and stuff. And yeah, just targeted things on social media, really giving the wrong information out and selling it as real. Misinformation is the people spreading that after. Interesting. Cause I'd make, i
0: I see things a little bit differently, right? So I think okay. disinformation is intentional maliciousness, misinformation is incomplete information that may be shared. That may be wrong, but the intent there is still a positive one. So, for example, like, if there is an active shooting or shooter, and, like, I apologize, uh, trigger warning, um, in the area, you know, misinformation may be a number of neighbors describing what the shooter looks like, and they might be wrong. Yes, okay. Disinformation would be uh, me telling you that the shooter is out because he is an anti vaxer who just snapped without me actually knowing if that's true or not.
1: okay yeah I like your explanation way more, but this is because you have a communications that you can communicate these things better. <laughs> I've also
0: I can. thought about these things for a long, long time too, right so and I think that, like yes, disinformation happened more regularly as of twenty fifteen twenty sixteen but then, like for example, I think um something
1: that's in the news right now
0: is Alex Jones and Sandy Hook right, and that was that was ten years ago
1: I think that was the start of his downfall. He had been terrible before that, but that was just. Almost that was malicious, like you I think you mentioned the term there is a maliciousness made. to it,
0: right because that's yeah. that is disinformation it's not misinformation right, so the idea of framing it and creating and crafting a narrative with intent,
1: and he did it basically to have people watch him because do you think he actually believed what he was saying
0: i at the end of the day, I think I do, and I think that like he covers it up all, well, but I do not think that and once again, this is my opinion, this is not a fact, but I do not think he is well, like for example, like a couple of years ago, you and I tortured each other by watching him on Joe Rogan one of his appearances, right, and you know for every like five minutes of lucidity. There's fifteen minutes of him talking about the you know the secret astronaut core on Mars or whatever, and Joe Rogan egging him on exactly. So I, I you know there there is a balance of like there is a lucidity there is for every kind of like right thing he says about like structures of power for example like there is some like very high level stuff that I'm like I agree with that and then he'll start talking about the lizard people or like whatever yeah. right the globalists the frogs um, that are gay yeah, yeah I mean like but once again like the frogs being gay is kind of factual so that's the issue at
1: hand there too <laughs> but he started off as actually a good journalist right he had i
0: mean yeah, he, had, no, he well, had a public access of,
1: show in like austin like he's kind of like he kind of always towed the
0: line but like he was more right. like world weekly news and then like world weekly news then you know went away and i'm kind of sad it did because of the fact that i feel like now more than ever it would do so well because there's a there's a, a website and a twitter feed but i think like a physical product of insanity um but my worry is that people are so conditioned to look at things that some people actually may take it seriously. And
1: World Weekly News was
0: never really No, like it was Bat Boy. tabloid. Bat Boy. Yeah, and that, like all these yeah, pictures of like of like Bill Clinton being like uh, lifted up by a UFO or whatever. They were like a step
1: above the National Enquirer.
0: Well, no, I would argue that uh uh it's uh, you know reason for existing is like very different than National Enquirer.
1: Okay. National Enquirer what is a mixture of misinformation serious?
0: and disinformation. Yeah, pass gets okay. off office seriously. Whereas like if you picked up an issue of World Weekly News and you you are a like I remember being like 14, like uh, and picking up one of the last issues and just going through it and like realizing towards the end of it, I'm like, none of this. Like there's no factual stuff in here.
1: No, and they were they were they self aware, yes.
0: Yes, absolutely. You had to be at that point. Like okay. with Batboy on the cover, of course.
1: Yeah. That's that's the that's the issue that Sticks out in my mind. Yes.
0: So, okay. So, um, uh, there is a classification of of fake news, right? So, um, here's the problem with that, because fake news is both diss and miss.
1: Mm-hmm. It's a mix of both. Exactly, yeah.
0: And there is um, an issue in the way in which I think tech has sort of contributed to this ecosystem of allowing everything to sort of coexist in the same place until it gets called out, right? And it's like, it's this weird kind of like outrage culture that selectively targets um, things and people, and I'm not defending any of the bad people out there who spread disinformation or misinformation, but I kind of explain like, you know, people tend to get deplatformed due to notoriety, right? Mm -hmm. And not necessarily based on like the merit of or like the the shame of what they are saying.
1: So, Who's some examples of who's been deplatformed and if any of them come back, right? Well, like, okay, let's talk about so,
0: Alex Jones, right? Alex he's, Jones was, he, yeah, he's been deplatformed, and still, um, according to the civil trial that he has to pay damage for, is still making tens of million dollars. So, you know, even though he has no,
1: no. platform, um, something like
0: Andrew Tate more recently, right? The we talked about that a couple episodes back about the, the yeah, what about,
1: and, uh, um, there's Milo Yiannopoulos. Is he still deplatformed? Like, I, I mean, he's still he's still time. on like
0: Truth Social and like Gab and all those places too, right? So he kind of
1: exists in that realm. Of, so true, like, good media. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And and I think that's the problem, right? Is I say that jokingly, but some people take offense to me making fun of those types of media outlets, even though you and I know that they put such a a hard bias on things making the news they report less factual than it really is. Whereas we know a lot of media has a bit of a liberal bias. Well, I was going to say like, you know, like no one outlet ever gets it right
0: all of the time. Right. Yeah. Like for like, and like that is big, big and small um, organizations, national here, international, local, or like alternative.
1: And that's what ends up causing the problems. Right. Because somebody will say, well, B- the BBC said this, and they're, they're, you know, they're government-run, just like our CBC, right? Like, it, it's, it's all government-run, so they're always going to defend the government, which is completely false.
0: Yeah. It's also exhausting, right? So, you know, for example, like <laughs> yes. um, let's take—and this is a little bit niche, so let's get into this. So CTV, right, a national broadcaster in Canada, got rid of their news anchor, Lisa Laflamme, because she was getting older.
1: Yes, now, can't have an old lady on TV. Well,
0: okay, but as soon as that happened, all of these documents started leaking showing how badly it was handled by management, right? So, the truth always kind of comes out in in organizations big and small.
1: It came out right away. So, if these news outlets were not providing factual news, we'd pretty much know about it. And of course, you know, the right will always point to the CBC and and in, in the states, CNN always being like hard left. They're really not.
0: Well, CNN actually, interestingly enough, is going further and further right too. So that's kind of an
1: interesting thing to know. I think they're trying to balance, which is dumb. There's yeah. no like, there's no balance there. It's like the news is a fact, and you can't. The, you know, people always bring the example of having an expert on climate change there, and giving them the same amount of time as a global warming denier.
0: Well, I was gonna say like the whataboutism is exhausting. Like that's yeah. the whole problem there too. It's just like. You know, you gotta have two sides of every debate. Like, you know, for example, a classic one is like, should you like, you know, are Nazis bad, right? Should we have like a a you know, a white supremacist on to defend himself? Probably well, not. Well, there
1: are good people on both sides, Brian. Both yeah. sides. And you know, people. that's
0: that's the thing. There's a lot of both sides happening that is just exhausting to deal with. And uh coming back to something we were talking about before, right? So the idea here of um Objectivity objectivity does not exist. No matter how many times that you will hear that from someone, we're just putting out the news, the news as it is. It's never the case. Right. So I'd be more comfortable with a news outlet stating its mission at the outset and everyone agreeing to it. And then like that way, it makes for easier conversations.
1: Do you think there's a, a lack of media literacy with people?
0: I think so, I think so, no matter, like, and for example, like they do teach that in schools now, but I think um, Not there enough. needs to be more than what is in schools, right, and once again, it comes down to personal responsibility, and that's the hugest problem here is that people. And we talked about passive consumption right before on episodes. And I feel like this is another case of like passive consumption of, of ingesting news and not necessarily questioning, but questioning in the right way. Right. So the, the old adage of like trust, but verify, you know, so, and it it goes for everyone of all political stripes, right? So if you're viewing a story, like how are you checking it out? How are you balancing that out? Right. How are you taking a look
1: to make sure it actually factually makes sense? The problem is that people have a bias and a confirmation bias will let's say they, they try to verify, well, they're only going to verify the sources that make them feel good. Yeah, there's a selectivity to it. Let's say you're arguing with a flat earther and you show them, uh, these are pictures of our round earth taken from space. They're always going to say it's fake. There's something fake about that. And there's no arguing with them because you, you can't really falsify their position because they're not saying anything of substance. They're just automatically saying that it's fake. There's a government cover up with no real proof, and it's impossible to argue with them. And the more you show them, the more they're going to get entrenched. It always brings you back to that documentary, Behind the Curve, mm-hmm. where they... They spent all that this, money, ran the tests, they, yeah.
0: realized that the earth was round, and then thought that the data was wrong.
1: Exactly. They, they th- thought there was something wrong with the machine that they spent uh, tens of thousands of dollars on.
0: So, Angelo, very quickly, before I forget, I just got a text from a 551 area code, which is in Jersey City. I do not know anyone. The text says, hello, I see a number without a note in my address
1: book. Do we know each other? Angelo, how should I respond? Cause we're going to troll tonight. Do you want to mention something about being on a podcast right now? This is podcast co-host Brian.
0: You're <laughs> live with podcast co-host. No, let's pick another name. Let's just, just to see whether or not like, um, what's a good name? Like Maxwell, let's go with Maxwell podcast, co-host Maxwell. You're live with pod, and so I'm going to send this out, Angelo. There we go. Okay. So let's see how this goes. Um, this is a fun scam where people try to uh, catfish you, right? So this is yeah. always an exciting kind of time. To, to do I've things. seen
1: I've seen people tweet about this. It's been it's quite funny.
0: So as as the uh, episode progresses, I'll let you know whether or not I hear anything back.
1: Ask them as it progresses to see what they believe in. Um, talk <laughs> about the flat Earth. Talk about
0: okay. Here here you know what um a topic of the night colon do you believe flat earth? Yes. Slash. There we go.
1: Okay. Are you a, so, are you a, are you a globist?
0: So let's start with that. Right. Um, all right but we'll it's a really good happens. point is that the, the ecosystem by which um, information now exists um, um, kind of doubles down on itself, right? Without any verifiable evidence. And like, it goes once again for, for publications of all, of all, of all sides. Right. So how do you verify that something is true or not is you, work the angles you get an idea of what the situation is who the players are and where they're getting their information from
1: for yourself there's for, for people that can discern things you, there's websites out there that are fact-checking things the problem is if let's say you're arguing with a family member or a friend about a certain topic that you know they are completely wrong about if you send them any of these fact-checking sites they will start telling about how these fact checking sites actually work for the p- thing that they are arguing against, right so mm-hmm. or else they'll send it,
0: you links of an equal quote unquote value to you, right to continue the argument yes, you know, despite how uh, badly sourced or unsourced or you know, and like I think that people don't have enough discernment these days a lot like but, largely like I yeah, but they more- will
1: genuinely believe what you the information you're providing them is as incorrect as the information you feel they're providing you is.
0: Like okay, so like I look at everything very critically, no matter where it comes from, right? So I, you and I have talked about this. I am way more left leaning than you. You are a centrist.
1: You are a what about guy? I'd, you're I'd, say, I'd guy. say very left of center. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're painting me like some sort of weird libertarian. Although libertarian yeah, yes, isn't, is say. like, like is is libertarians are more right far wing. to the right. Yes, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, like there's if, they're socially liberal usually and. Uh, like hardcore fiscally conservative. Exactly. Yeah. Like, um, I, like I'm kind of curious about small government, there, like no government.
0: If there are any libertarians out there, I would love so go ahead and tweet at us, double underscore NC. Question for you. In a small government model, right? And I've heard people argue about this. Who's going to pay for the roads? I would love to hear a cogent answer because I haven't heard one yet. So that's just something that I want to throw out there uh, for all the libertarians out there. Let me know um, what you are thinking about when it comes to uh, community and, you know, paying for roads and things like that. But coming back to the, the subject at hand, right, so the idea of uh, not backing down, right? And uh, no one—we live in an age of narcissists.
1: Would you agree with that? Yeah, everybody's interested in themselves and making sure that they are appearing right.
0: And also, you know, and that extends to social media, right? I think that, like, it's kind of um, informing the ways in which we behave. So narcissism is at an all-time high, so we are always right, no matter what. There's a one-upsmanship up there. Yes, and we are never ready to be wrong. And so as soon as someone tries to break our worldview, we get angry, we get dismissive, we double down instead of actually factually looking at an argument. um, And, you know, like I, I don't have a ton of qualities, let's be honest, but like one of them is that I am ready to admit I am wrong. And that is something that I've, I've carried out in a long time in my life is I am ready to be proven wrong in things that I'm not quite sure about. And it has happened in the past and I've admitted to being wrong and I've never had an issue with that because at the end of the day, I'd rather um, uh, gain knowledge than feel like I am basking in my ignorance. But unfortunately that takes a lot of mental work and a lot of people, um, uh, encumbered, I guess, by the, the perils of everyday life. And it's funny because I was reading this paper recently all about how we were never meant to take in so many uh, avenues and channels of information all at once. Right. And so like, it used to be like, you'd watch the news at like 6 p.m or like tune into a radio broadcast. You would
1: have a trusted source there.
0: Yeah. And then you would sort of like listen in and kind of get an idea of a snapshot of the world. Whereas now we have so many outlets by which we can see human misery in action, right? And that like, that just breaks people. And so they decide to passively ingest the information they take in
1: because it's too much all of the time. And it's constantly changing, right? Like, you know, a few months ago, all we could talk about was the war in Ukraine. It's still going on not getting better, probably getting worse. Yep. But people are not talking about it as much yep. because they've moved on to other things. It's not hot anymore, Angelo. No, it's not. A, well, also, like, people, du-jure. like, the,
0: the concept of entropy, like, people like new stuff, right? So the <laughs> war on Ukraine... um it kind of got boring for a lot of people, and I, I'm not saying that dismissively. I'm just saying factually, a lot of people actually did get bored of that subject matter. Right? Same thing with with COVID. Right? How many headlines have you seen about COVID recently versus 2020 and 2021?
1: Probably a lot less. Right? Well, yeah, because they've they've lifted a lot of the restrictions, right? And that was what was causing such a problem with so many people. And I feel that's caused an even bigger divide among people. Right? We have a we have a party here running in Quebec where. Like they're basically built upon the fact that they would they would not have had any restrictions if they were in power, which between you and I, Brian, I believe is not true because no matter who was in power, they would have had to put some restrictions up there.
0: Either that or, or suffer heavy loss of life, right? So yeah, like that's that's another yeah. We have a provincial election coming up. Did you vote ahead of time? or Are you voting
1: uh, on Monday? I don't know what I'm voting. I may not even vote on Monday. You may not even vote. Well. Interesting. I I might, I don't know. The problem is there is absolutely nobody I want to vote for at all. And I know I can go in and like write my own name or spoil my ballot. But what's the point of wasting my time doing that?
0: I think it says something, right? And I think that um, there are very few cases in my life which I've spoiled my ballot and I have done it. And I'm not going to lie to you, which is what, um, you know, uh, online voting does not allow me to do versus in person. Mm is spoil my ballot properly. Um, yeah. But to me, a lot of this um, sort of like uh, measuring who I'm going to vote for is never the best candidate. It's the least worst. Well, that's the, that's
1: the thing right now. They're all pretty bad in my eyes, but I don't know. We'll see. Uh, I still have a couple of days to decide. I always threaten not to go vote and then I end up going because <laughs> I feel guilty. But I really honestly, there's nobody I really want to vote for this time. So
0: everyone's just a bunch of
1: jamokes. Very much so.
0: Okay, I got. I'm sorry. Maybe I saved the wrong number. Hope it doesn't bother you. Well, I feel like they realized they couldn't be catfished by this guy. Oh well, too bad. <laughs> it's a shame. I should have. I should have played it more neutral. But uh, we'll yeah, see. you went full into Flat Earth. I did, I did, unfortunately. I just asked their opinion. I didn't state anything, right? So um
1: You is should fine. reply and say oh too bad you don't want to talk about ice walls.
0: <laughs> but yeah, how do we bring people back down to, to planet Earth, quote unquote, right? And it's it's very difficult and it involves a level of honesty and frankness that people don't necessarily want to have amongst themselves because like we are designed in the age of narcissists to feel bad as an automatic default, right?
1: As as a couple of guys that have been trolling the paranormal forums for many years. We've seen this in the past where people can't get away from the thing they believe in, no matter what the evidence is against it. Yeah, for
0: sure, it. they're white whale, right, of, of paranormal activity.
1: Yeah, and the problem is now is that this is sort of bled out into everyone, and now everybody has an opinion on something, and their opinion is often wrong. And it becomes more dangerous, right? Like, who cares about if somebody thinks aliens landed in, like, a field near Ottawa? Who cares, right? Right.
0: Oh, before I forget, let's – so, very quick plug, right? So, uh, we have uh, several episodes about the the Guardian of Focus, co-guest hosted by Ian Rogers, whose book, Every House is Haunted, is out for uh, pre-order because it's being re-released ahead of the Netflix – uh, I, guess, I think it's a movie, a Netflix project for now. I'm not quite sure if it's a, it's a movie. I can't remember uh, off the top of my head. But, you know, if you're interested in supporting um, really uh, great fiction, uh, Ian Rogers' Every House is Haunted, visit your local bookseller and pre-order it. It comes out um, towards the end of October.
1: Is my local bookseller Amazon?
0: It could be. Speaking of that, though, this is funny that you mentioned this, because sometimes I'll, like, I don't order a ton of stuff from Amazon. We've talked about this. Um, My ordering frequency on Amazon is very small, um, or very low, I should say. But I like to click around and see things, right? I like to see what's going on. And so, Angelo, I would like you to know that, like, this is here. Hold on. I'm going to drop this in the chat, right? So this is one of the best-selling books right now on Amazon Canada. In, uh, so, it's number six in international politics and number seven in Canadian history. So, this is a book from the media outlet True North, which. Uh, don't oh, they're the them worst. Up. Yeah, don't look them up. But, anyways, this is like a, a two sidedism of like what it's really like to have been part of the convoy. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's very interesting how this has been uh, played.
1: Sympathetic account.
0: I know. So, for, you know, and that's the thing, right? It's just like, how does that look? Um, and how does that feel in modernity when there is two sides of them about everything, right? And that includes uh, people who feel like their, uh, you know, personal freedoms have been taken away because they've had to, what, wear a mask
1: in public? Yeah, but people you know? truly believe that the the government is against them and that the convoy was a good thing and they were justified to lay siege on the capital of Canada. the The thing is, you know what, if they wanted to protest... I wasn't against that. People protest all the time. I'm not somebody who would go into protests, but that's the whole thing, right? The freedom of, of protest is there. You're allowed to do that. It's just the way they did it was wrong.
0: So I'm kind of curious, right? So let's take that as an example. But how do you feel? Like, for example, this is something that happened right before COVID hit. Um, uh, your train did not run or was delayed due to um, indigenous people um, um, blocking train lines to protest a pipeline that the government was was trying to get through uh, in BC. How do you feel about that?
1: It was annoying, but I also saw their point of view. I think the police did have to get involved with the ones that were blocked. Like, my train line was being blocked and it was not on indigenous land. Right. That was ended up being illegal. However, when they were blocking on indigenous lands that was not illegal right so like that was i was that was justified in my mind it's you know it, it sucks it for for the trains but that's the point of the are you saying the
0: trains have feelings that's very interesting angelo
1: yeah for for the people that run the trains it sucks. <laughs>
0: there's there's kind of like a weird kind of theme and i don't know if you have realized this tonight where you are assigning human qualities to things like trees and trains yeah and the poor tree got taken away <laughs> Um, but coming back to paranormal stuff, like for example, right? So you're talking about, it doesn't matter if there's a UFO in a field that like someone saw, right? Mm-hmm. A little more interesting when you start thinking about experiences, right? Like yes. how, and how they've been impacted. And we've talked in the past about like, okay, so, you know, you and I, um, are interested by the extraterrestrial hypothesis, right? The ETH, like that is a very interesting kind of way of looking at things. If not a, um, you know, is it a dimensional thing? Is it a time thing, you know, or is it a screen for other kinds of traumas that we've talked about too, which is very interesting. And we've talked in the past how that is definitely not, um, necessarily like the majority of the cases or even most of them, but like for some people it could be um, part of a thing. Um, But you know, there's a lot of kind of interesting theories out there. Right. And you have to learn discernment at the end of the day as to what you want to believe. And that's based on evidence, right. Physical evidence, eyewitness testimony um, and like multiple like eyewitnesses obviously better. Right. So the aerial school like UFO, for example, right. Like a ton of people there.
1: A lot of them children, right. Like a lot of the accounts were from children that's where it becomes problematic. Unfortunately, you don't know what kids kids don't know what they saw, and that that's that ends up being the problem. I, do I want to hope there was an actual UFO sighting with dozens of people? Why didn't somebody take out an iPhone and take a picture, Brian? In what was it ninety four? Ninety four? Yeah. Okay. Yeah,
0: I do like that idea a lot, though. Why don't we send an iPhone back in time? Right.
1: Yeah, and and that's the thing. This doesn't happen anymore, because now people are able to take shots of whatever it is and then realize after the fact, oh, that was like a blimp that looked weird in the sun.
0: Yeah. Well, the number of times I've seen like uh, either like UFO Twitter or like, uh, you know, Reddit, like kind of properly explain
1: what something is. has been kind of heartwarming a little bit. Because a lot of people in those, in those subreddits are like us where they'd love to, to actually finally get a glimpse Of of a true alien UFO, but it still hasn't happened.
0: Just to let the UFO people out there know, just to let the aliens know, I have um, on my iPhone, I have the Find My turned on. So if you feel a desire to find me, you know where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I, I track you all the time, right?
0: <laughs> I'm glad to hear that. But yeah, so, you know, like it-, it doesn't affect anyone until you start to wonder how it affects their way of seeing the, the quote unquote real world. Like, for example, like if someone is haunting you, right? That's-, that's problematic depending on how you decide to take it, right? And how serious you decide to, to make it.
1: Yeah, I mean, people that end up leaving their homes because they think the house is haunted. The haunted bunk beds. Yes, the, I would, that's exactly what I was thinking. And then other people move into that house, and they're like, eh, it's fine. Yeah. I mean, they need the shot of the bunk beds getting uh, trashed in a landfill, though. That's what you need to do. It's
0: justice, justice, really, at the end of the day. Um, but yeah, so I, th- I find that really interesting that like there is the inter- internal monologue of paranormal belief. Yeah. And then that is how you, and there's also how you broadcast it out into the world and what that looks like and how you interact with people and how you feel when people decide to, I don't want to say challenge, but sort of like walk you, th- like have them, like have you walk through kind of your experience and trying to find holes in it.
1: And I've, you know, I've always noticed there's a correlation of the people that truly deeply believe in the paranormal and then in ghosts, and then in that stuff. And then they will also believe that, you know, COVID was a conspiracy from the government for the beginning of the Great Reset. And that. Wait, do you not believe in the Great Reset? That's super interesting. Build Back uh, Better. Build Angelo. Back Better. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. using that. that they, you know, the governments all got together. And it's yeah. like, what's going to be our slogan for this new world order?
0: And it's funny because, like, if you really consider the slogan and the way it's used, like, <sighs> Okay, so I, this is how I'm seeing things, right? And why it's been mentioned so much is speechwriters and copywriters are tired people having to pump out information all of the time when you are mm-hmm. working for a political candidate, a political party, et cetera. Sometimes you just see something you like. Let's just be honest, right? And you just say, you know what? I'm just Let's just use that, right? And I feel like that is the more logical case than building out the new world order template for like how things are going to go for the next hundred years. Now, do I believe that there is a concentration of power in the world? Absolutely. Do I believe that um, uh, money allows certain things to happen for sure? Do I believe a cabal of high ranking political officials and influential people single handedly decide to rule the world and and carry out their um, secret agenda that, no, like once again, at the end of the day, like you have to have discernment in thinking about that. And same thing with yeah. COVID deniers, same thing. Like, for example, like, you know, people who like we were laughing about the vaccine, right? Cause I got my booster on the weekend. I got the new bivalent. Don't mess with me on Macron. Um, but certain people still believe that, you know, you can, you're a 5g hotspot. Do you feel
1: like your internet is better? No, no, unfortunately, no. A lot of people that truly have trouble with the whole way the vaccine was administered and all that stuff uh, get upset when we joke about the 5G thing because that's very much a fringe thing. A lot of people worry that the vaccine was not tested enough, uh, is dangerous, is causing people to die. You know, they, they talk about cancer rates being higher. Is that also possible? It's because there are so many people not able to get healthcare over the last few years that cancer rates are higher. You know what I mean? Like stuff that would have been caught earlier. So there, so, you know, it comes down to correlation is not causation.
0: Well, also like, for example, like anecdotal is not the truth, right? Never. You know, for example, like I will be very honest here and I don't know if we've discussed this, but during the summer of 2020, you and I took a break because I was in a mental health crisis. I actually took medication that drove me to the ER, like because of my mental health. And I, should I have taken that medication without being properly followed up by a doctor? Yes. But we were in the midst of a pandemic and I took an SSRI that actually messed me up really bad. Now, do I begrudge the SSRI? No. Because on the balance, the large majority of people who get it prescribed and take it find relief in it. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, like I suffered. It was a trauma that I am still working through um, here like, like two years later. But at the same time, I understand it. And I also get how helpful it is to the majority
1: of people. You don't hold it against big pharma.
0: No, I I, I can't. Right. At the end of the day, like I really like big pharma is such a term that gets thrown around, but when you really break it down, like it's not a thing because all of these companies are in competition with each other. So to get them to secretly agree to work together seems very,
1: very difficult for me to believe. No, they're not working together at all. It's, it's a competition to make the best thing possible for people to live they don't want people dying you think moderna wants well, no. people okay. dying? let's, let's be money? honest here like
0: they want to make the most money treating people right let's yes. just let's be nakedly honest with what they're trying to do here yeah. it's not very altruistic it's very <laughs> capitalistic but they want, it ends up
1: helping it ends up helping society yes. in, in the long
0: run yes the byproduct of what they're doing helps society more or less but right yes and, they're
1: there to make money for sure for sure and just like politicians are there to be in power, why they want to be in power. Who knows? They have their own, they have their narcissism, own agenda, right? right?
0: We've talked about this. Yeah. Like, let's just be honest here. The theme of the episode is narcissism, right? So, and that kind of carries into the paranormal side of things. When you consider all of these people, right? Like, for example, like a perfect person to talk about this is Bob Lazar, right? A personality in ufology that is highly contested that when you start digging through all of the information that he's provided, um, it kind of falls apart, right? So for example, like Element 115, and also like there's not one person in MIT who went to school with him. Like you cannot find one person to back you up. And there's a lot of questions of that kind of like practical nature that don't get asked or get brushed away because it does not suit the narrative.
1: Yeah, you could look into people's educational background and find out where they went. And people have looked into it for him and he never went to MIT. He never went to the places he claimed to have gone to uh, we have our little uh, hypothesis and a lot of people do that. He was just basically a hired contractor at area 51, like practically just pushing paper or maybe even cleaning things.
0: Yes. And you know, there's all this kind of like minute stuff of like, Oh, well, you know, his like pay stubs said something. It's like, no, but like once again, there's like anything, a, it could be anything. Right. And that's the thing is that like, there's no definitive smoking gun here. Right. You know, y- y- like there's so many people like that, like, you know, <laughs> Take my favorite UFO religion, right? Raelians, right? You cannot yes. prove that this Frenchman
1: had this encounter. There is no tangible. It's proof. not falsifiable. That that ends up being, you know, we we haven't brought them up yet, but logical fallacies. Oh, that is the that is the cornerstone of every conspiracy theorist argument, right? They just use one after the other I have a hard time classifying them all. I just I kind of know when where when I hear it, but I, I can't always point out what it is. Uh, the ones that come up the most often, obviously, are like confirmation bias, uh, cherry picking, things like that, where you're 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 just finding things to fit your own narrative and ignoring everything else. I, I always joke with my wife that she always says, "Oh, the kids were really bad today. It must be a full moon," and sometimes it is. But sometimes the kids in our class were awful and it wasn't the full moon. Yeah, it, it was moon. a crescent moon. And I, was, and I was like, oh, is today a full moon? And she'll tell me to shut up. Well, <laughs> uh, there, well we talked about how, like, and we
0: did a, a whole episode about this, about like, the different days of the week and the popularity of UFO sightings, right? Like, let's get causality, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Nothing means anything sometimes in, le- in a vacuum, right? Like, You have to be able to prove it without a doubt.
0: Well, here's another thing that I don't think we touched on just yet, right? Apart from narcissism is a belief of wanting to feel like their uh, universe makes sense, right? And so all these Hmm. different narratives, even quote-unquote like alternative media, the narrative that is shared with them makes sense to their worldview. And so they want to invest in that, which is why they double down so hard, because they cannot be challenged because it disrupts
1: their flow. Ultimately, it comes down to what do you do? When you're speaking to a friend, a family member, and they're presenting you all these "quote unquote" facts that they've garnered from alternative news sources, because you know they're fed up with the uh, MSM, as they like to call it, right? The mainstream media um, media that media is mainstream because it's proven to be correct usually. Well, and correct most of the time. And most right? of the time,
0: like Brian Williams lying about the helicopter, like that's a whole like you know that that is an incredible failure in the media, but is not commonplace necessarily
1: no and most things that they report they're not being paid off by some shadow corporation the opposite though is true of the things they do believe those places have agendas right like rebel media um (laughs) uh, right wait watch out what you say about
0: rebel media because Ezra Levant is a very very litigious person
1: allegedly um is, is 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 sometimes not fully factual you you pointed me to a um, YouTube, very long YouTube video. Yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing. I did not look like the person presenting the YouTube video and now I'm getting videos from her channel uh, in my YouTube feed which I am promptly saying I do not want them because she's a terrible person, but she worked for terrible people as well.
0: Yes, so the, the, it is a three-hour video by Lauren Southern, right, who threw his people under the bus, including Ursula Vaughn and Milo and things like that, right? She is herself, uh, and this is my opinion, a despicable person, but You know, it is a despicable person throwing other despicable people like under the bus and like using
1: um, element like they have. She has proof. She has evidence. So she actually did a good job with that video. I do not like her though.
0: It is a tactical takedown that I think worked out well, but the problem is that like she herself is problematic, right? So I'm not cheering on the video. I'm cheering on the concept of revealing the truth. And if someone wants to narc on someone else and show facts and evidence yeah. and, and things like that, that I'm, I'm okay with that. So I think like it's very interesting when I'm trying to think about um, how I'm going to talk to someone about something, right? So it's kind of the same thing as like sales psychology. Because the whole idea is you have to get people to agree what the problem is. And then you walk them through every step and you say, do you agree or not? Right, You have to do that kind of of build out slowly but surely. You can't just hit them over the head with something. You have to take the micro approach of identifying the objections and then how to overcome them slowly but surely through um, a series of arguments that are micro in nature.
1: Yeah, because otherwise you'll get what's known as the backfire effect where no matter what you present to them, it will not change their mind. It will entrench them further in their belief.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing is you have to get them to agree to things slowly but surely, right? And then so that works out really well all the time when you are trying to figure out
1: um, how to uh, disarm a, a way of thinking. Yeah, I mean, I've seen, I, I remember getting off Facebook years ago because I I couldn't deal with people sharing articles from places like Natural News and stuff like that where Looking back on it, it's almost hard. Well, it's not harmless. It's quaint. It's quaint. Yeah. Because it's like, you know, they're sharing stuff about the natural news says, don't eat, don't use aluminum foil because it'll make your brain explode. Right. And then in the next page, they're telling you to cover your head with aluminum foil to prevent the the 5G rays going into your brain. But things like that, like you said, seem quaint, right? Homeopathy. Ah, so cute. They just drink water and they think it's, it does something.
0: (laughs) Yeah. No. Um, when it's, a much larger
1: <laughs> Yeah, and now, you know, I see people posting links to, uh, I I stopped going to Instagram because I'll see people posting links to True North, which is, uh, would you call it like Canada's Breitbart?
0: Yeah, if I had to like figure out, like, yes, but no, because I also feel like rebel uh, media also kind of lives in those yeah. waters, right? So I think there's yeah. an ecosystem of, of uh, like-minded individuals who want to push out a narrative that... Is convenient for people already in the ecosystem, but uh, very adverse to reality in some cases.
1: Yeah, and they, they try again, to present as just as my real news. Yes, but they try to present as real news. But yeah, all the time, of course. They're just getting. They're just asking questions. They're just doing their own research. And that's that's, that's the, the biggest thing, thing too,
0: is like people just saying like, "Oh no," but I'm just, I'm just asking questions. Like, no, that's not. That's not how this works. That's not how it works, right? Like, and that's, that's a huge thing too um, when it comes to white supremacists, right? So, you know, like, they're not saying I'm a racist. I'm just asking questions, which is like inflammatory.
1: The most famous of them all, Tucker Carlson.
0: <laughs> Allegedly.
1: Yeah. yeah,
0: right. Yes.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, and he has such a big platform. So, and, he, and look, you know, we talk about him in, in terms of that, but then they also bring on the uh, UFO goofballs on his show
0: yeah I mean like it's once again like a smorgasbord of like so like UFOs were hot right thanks to to the stars and Louis Elizondo and et cetera, and like once again, like uh, think of other these personalities, what do they have to to have right the age of the narcissist self interest et cetera right and you and I let's admit we are both narcissists, we both make a podcast we're both interested in getting our voices out right i'm at the end of the day, like I own who I am and what I yeah. do um to like my small corner
1: of the internet if only people knew that. This podcast is just you talking to yourself and you changing your voice.
0: Oh, I've been like self-inserting Angelo for like
1: years now. I've been writing his scripts. I've been doing all these things, right? All of the pictures. I did the first episode and I I was speaking too strangely and you just decided to cut me out right there.
0: (laughs) It's true. Um, And that is something you you have to live. Yeah, you are a highly um, trained AI that I just uh, riff off of. Brian invented it. Let us end things on a slightly different note, Angelo. Is there anything in life that you're enjoying that like brings you joy right now?
1: I am watching Barry on HBO. Okay. And I'm truly enjoying that show. It's a good show. I, it, I, I know I waited a long time to watch it. I haven't watched season three yet, so I'm... I just finished the free... Yeah, I just watched the first season. I'm starting season two. I will be going and do that after we finish recording. And uh, enjoying that quite a bit. And still enjoying... Uh, uh, the Game of Thrones thing, uh, what's it called? Seat of the Dragon, Dragons RS. <laughs> <laughs> House of Dragons. House yeah, of Dragons. So House of Dragons. I was say rings, Dragons of Power, of but I'm power, missing. Right? Yeah. So Dragons of Power, Rings of Power, Rings of the House. Um, yeah, House of the Dragon and Rings of Power. Pretty good. I think I'm enjoying House of the Dragon a little more than Rings of Power. Okay. Um, but yeah, there's good TV out there, and still playing video games. I'm playing uh, the Final Fantasy Seven remake right now. Oh, are you on on your PlayStation? That's a doozy.
0: Yeah, the, uh, the original is on sale on the Nintendo eShop because I only have a, a Nintendo Switch right now and I kind of contemplating it just because I want to like play it again um, and invest myself in, in something better. I love that game when I yeah,
1: played it in same. 1997 or whatever. Yeah, 97, uh, yeah.
0: Three, three, three discs, right?
1: Yeah. I don't remember anything about it. I know the remake is quite different, but uh, that's a gorgeous game. You don't remember the game. Shinra
0: Corporation? You don't remember all the talk I, of climate Honestly, change? no.
1: I forgot that they were called Shinra. Okay, well. I remember, um, I remember that something bad happens to one of my uh, party mates. Uh, and, <laughs> Angel, uh, this, this game is like, <laughs> like
0: dies, a 25, okay, dies. 25 years old at this point, yeah. You can, you can, are you an Aeris or an Aerith kind of person?
1: Was there two different ways to pronounce it? Aeris is, a, yeah, that's an allergy,
0: allergy medication. There I are think. two different ways, yeah. So, uh, um, And it's also written slightly different, right? So I'm more of an Aeris person because that's the game that I got. Something very interesting that I'm watching is a film series that is based in, like, hope, overcoming obstacles, believing in yourself. Angelo,
1: I'm watching the Death Wish movies. Nice. I knew you were <laughs> heading somewhere funny. I was about to say, are you watching the Left Behind movies?
0: No, no. I uh, I love those. They're so bad, right? So, like, first one, kind of Okay. And then, you know, of course, uh, Charles Bronson comes back for two and three. Um, And two, like, there's a little bit of a departure. And then, like, three, of course, is just an insane uh, vigilante wet dream. Have you seen any of these? Do you remember them at all? Many, many years ago. So the third one is really, really funny because, like, it basically, like, throws all of the notions of reality, like, out the door. And, like, once again, I'm going to spoil it. This is, like, a 35, 40-year-old movie. Um, So essentially, like, a dirty cop throws... Uh, Bronson back out on the street and is like, kill the bad people. Right. So he lives in this like tenement now where his friend got murdered. And uh, you know, there's like all of these shots of like the elderly getting guns and like killing gang members. And uh, at one point he gets access to a rocket launcher, which is how he kills like the leader of the, the bad people at the end of the movie. um And then it's like, uh you know, the music is by Jimmy page for two and three, which I thought was always
1: interesting. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my it's God. mostly, it's mostly synthesizer though. Interesting, I you know you made me think of a good movie I watched recently that you recommended called Nobody. Yeah, oh yeah, that's, uh, a, that's like a modern day like a well handled but a well
0: handled vigilante movie, right? And then there's yeah. I haven't watched the the remake starring uh, Bruce Willis yet. I I think I will. I'm, I think I'm going to watch it.
1: There's a Death
0: Wish remake with Bruce Willis.
1: Yeah, I did not realize this existed.
0: So this came out in 2017, 2018. Um, so I'm going to go, go ahead. straight to video. Uh, no, Straight it, was, it was the- a theatrical. Really? I do yeah. Not hold on, I'm going to pull it up right now. It had a budget of 30 million. It made 50. Um, so that's not too bad. Vincent D'Onofrio, Elizabeth Shue, oh. Dean Norris, oh, Eli geez. Roth directed it. Um, so I may have to I may have to go watch that. But yeah, so the third one definitely throws out any idea of like the normal scene. It is so stupidly glorious. Of like, of course, of course, let's give Charles Bronson uh two Gatling guns. Let's give him a rocket launcher. Like, who cares?
1: Who can I know and I love those I used to watch those those eighties movies, which were very inappropriate for me at that age, but they were great um remember the American ninja movies those are of course too. Michael
0: what, Dudikoff, right yeah, I haven't seen them forever, yeah, um, uh, but I love those movies so much. I love all the canon films right all the the very interesting canon films um um entries uh that exist Cynthia
1: in, Rothrock oh movies. right
0: yeah you know, I'm just looking at all the different Canon uh, movies right now. Like a lot of the Chuck Norris '80s stuff, right. It was a, a thing that happened. Uh, Oh yeah. There's a ton of stuff here.
1: Uh, a ton of horror movies too. I wonder if there's a, like, but the problem is these are not easy to find on streaming. No, they're not Angelo. No, they're not. I own the DVDs. Uh, and, and it's what we talked about, right? Like there's nothing on Netflix before like the nineties. No, exactly. Um, and so it's, it's a little bit
0: different too, and difficult to find a lot of this stuff, right? Uh,
1: Every once in a while, Crave pulls them out here in Canada. So, yeah. like, have you is, gone to Tubi at all? Tubi's is a great service. I know. I should go on it more. I have it on my Apple Apple TV. So, I well, they, should go yeah, on it.
0: yeah, Fox backed, right? So it's got a bit of legitimacy to it.
1: Yeah. Well, that's great, Brian. I'm I'm glad you're enjoying some Death Wish. Yeah, overcoming adversity, right? That's all. Yeah. <laughs> that's all we got here with with Charles. Well, Johnson. that's what that's what uh, that's what Final Fantasy 7 is all about. Wish fulfillment, right? Right.
0: Um, so this has been it for episode 197 of Two Narcissists Talk About the Media. Um Angela, where can people find us?
1: Yeah, a really uh, a really weird episode where we just went from uh tech to paranormal with no real break in between. I don't know, we we're just hopping. Uh yeah, well, you were saying people could find us on the internet.
0: Yeah, weird uh, Among
1: all the other famous internet people. Sometimes I feel like we're playing a game of chicken
0: because you forget where where to find us.
1: Doubledensity.net where, <laughs> where you'll find our YouTube links. Which we don't use, and you can find our Twitter links and.
0: I would love Instagram. to put up a poll to find out how um how many people use YouTube as a source of uh, non-video podcasting.
1: Yeah, uh, it's not a very good source for that.
0: No, but it's a surprising number of people hop on YouTube to go find podcasts. So I'd be curious to know if uh, anyone does that. Is there any like, is there you know any reason we should be doing that? I don't know.
1: I'm kind of curious about that. Were the like were the old uh guard of podcasting in terms of like we've been listening to podcasts since the mid-2000s it is it is quite true. guess back when they weren't sure if they should call them podcasts or not do you have you ever thought about a better name oh people have been trying this for years i remember Lee Laporte trying netcasts
0: uh, yeah that's not good either
1: no no i mean it's pods casts ipods which <laughs> don't exist anymore uh, do they, they got canceled, right, at the end? Like, very, very recently. The iPod? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it had an affair with uh, Zune, and they got canceled. <laughs> wow. But no, they, they stopped production on <laughs> them quite recently, no? Yeah, uh, the iPod touch was the last one, and it's gone.
0: Yeah. Okay, because I had a friend who, a uh,
1: listener, Danny, who owned one of the last iPods. People want to just give the old phones to their kids. No need for iPods. No, exactly. Let's throw them
0: out. Screw it. It's over. Let's close up the shop.
1: I mean, that's what my kids use, is old phones. They don't really need a new one, so. So you just text, constantly text them, who dis, new phone? Yeah. No, they have iPads as well, so. They're fully equipped. <laughs> new iPad, who dis, right? Yeah. That doesn't exist anymore. Nobody does that. You, don't you can find us on Instagram over at
0: <laughs> Double Density Podcast, And as Angela mentioned, DoubleDensity.net for all of the relevant links to uh, everything that we have, including our social media. Newest episodes, um, short bios that we should probably update. And, uh, it's been a year pretty much since I wrote an article, um, for the website blog. And, uh, you know, I, I submitted my first freelancing, um, piece of writing in like eight
1: years. Are you going to uh, post a link to that when, uh, earlier today, when, and, and if it gets posted for It'll a media outlet.
0: Yes, I will be.
1: Um, we'll True see how it goes. Or a rebel media. <laughs> Which one was it? Yeah, exactly. I'm talking about how,
0: uh, you know, Montreal politics plays out and who to vote for. Um, a voting guide for the disenfranchised.
1: Excellent. Is this for Montreal, uh, Montreal blog? <laughs>
0: MTL blog, yeah. The pay-per-click yeah. uh, farm. Um, the ones and,
1: that steal people's pictures.
0: And then, like, once again, I think we've mentioned this before, but, like, I, uh, uh, they will often send out rate cards if you ask them to cover an event. So that's the kind of, of organization that they are, right? So not the end of the world. So, Angelo, I will, um, I'm going to see you around. I don't know when, don't know how. Um, eventually eventually right uh, next week is Canadian Thanksgiving and uh, yeah, that's we're definitely off
1: next week and then we'll be back the week after
0: yeah I have a wedding to go to next weekend so I'm not going to be here right so yeah. uh, then we'll be back and uh, I will have done more homework on the, the concept of uh, you know immediate truth and right we're also going to drop a bunch of links in the show notes for like really good resources if you're trying to yeah. figure out what is true and what is not and also great guides too so just go ahead and follow those and, and check those out if you uh, want to educate yourself let's get the sales approach I think is the best way of doing it overcoming objections one at a time Angela I will see you around on the internet I don't know anymore I put yeah. real life anyways
1: I know I, I when was the last time I saw you in person like last year last year yeah we got to work on that yeah All yeah, we'll, right, come over we'll record in person we'll play some switch